ghetto, the backyard, the yard. I sell it with one whip. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio? El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877-374-7463 is your number to participate. Again, that is 877-374-7463 or 877-37-GRIND. Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that take over today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me via Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. Also, if you want to stream the show live, uh, you can go to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page and you can stream the show live and you can leave comments um, and I'll respond to those in real time. If not, I'll respond to them later. And keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, okay, or you're in a market that doesn't have us terrestrial or you're traveling and you want to still listen to us, all you have to do is go to sportsgrindonline.com and click the play button and you'll get us live. And you can download the podcast as well, seven days a week, 365. 877-374-7463. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Well, let's get to it. It's Tuesday as the sports world rolls on. Still no basketball. Like I said, they're out till Thursday, the pros, the NBA. <clears throat> if you missed yesterday's show, I kind of gave my opinion on that. I just think that, you know, honestly, a week off – with really us living in the era of load management is a little bit too much, uh, but they are off. That doesn't mean we don't have other NBA news to touch on. Uh, so we'll get to that here shortly. Um, also, MLB, you know, we're entering the spring training. I mean, pretty soon these grapefruit leagues are going to start going. Um, I mean, this actually came across my radar yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to bring it up. Uh, but John Angelos, I think that's how he says last. Oh, it didn't kill it. But anyway, he's the owner of the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. And he had a comment the other day or yesterday that hit headlines and said that, you know, I don't know. Maybe I haven't had my pulse to Baltimore Orioles baseball, but maybe in that region, which I've heard these discussions about this team before and other teams. And I've heard this about, you know, maybe in that region, they're starting to say like, look, man, we don't spend no money. What are we doing? You know, and the Orioles have been down for some years now. You know, Cal Ripken Jr. rolling around in his grave. And no, I know he's not passed. AC can't stand when I do that. It gets under nurture. That's so stupid. It's not even that. Well, you don't get it. Anyway, he says that managing, what do you say? Setting or managing the expectations for payroll. That's what it was. Projecting payroll. He said it's not his job, okay? Projecting payroll is not his job. First of all, I'm not going to call him straight up a liar, even though I think it's BS he's shoveling, because it's what we know, especially in baseball. There's certain teams and certain markets that are owned by certain owners 
that really have to watch the bottom line and watch the total amount of salary and payroll that they're investing into ballplayers. So to sit here and tell people and even have that comment and say that it's not my job to project payroll. Uh, I don't think there's a GM in baseball that doesn't have to buy a buy or go by a budget or a salary that the owner, the guy that owns the team that's responsible for paying this guaranteed money out. There's not, in my opinion, and I would probably bet you a dollar to a donut that there's not a GM out there that doesn't have to consult with the owner on a projected players are going after projected payroll. So for him to sit there and say, technically he's telling the truth. Like it's not his job to project payroll. Yeah, you're right. You're the owner, but it is your job. You set the parameters of whoever your GM is on really what, what kind of money I want to spend. Do I want to go after that, that guy? Now, I don't know how long he's owned the Orioles, but keep in mind, I mean, Manny Machado, they didn't even really make a serious offer off of Manny because everybody and their mom knew. You didn't even have to be a seam head to know that. You, everybody knew that he wasn't, the Orioles weren't going to pay him the kind of money that he was going to get paid. And Manny's opting out of his contract after this coming up year. So he's going to do it over again. But I just that came across my radar yesterday. I'm like, wow, this guy's just up here thinking that, you know, you just, you're going to pull a fast one on everybody. Uh, yeah, you do have a say-so what the payroll's going to be. What you got? So Nathan Ruiz of the Baltimore Sun uh, kind of elaborates a little bit more on it on his Twitter, uh, saying, uh, quoting Angelos as having said, could payroll be double or triple what it is, or could it be over $100 million? Yeah, we're not there yet. He said, we have a very young team that's overachieved and overperformed because of the great work of our baseball folks. It's not my job to predict payroll. My job is to make sure that the community partnerships are sustained, and I think all of that comes after that. So there's, your full, so there's your full context. Where Baltimore currently sits right now, if you go to Spotrack, and I love Spotrack for salaries and free agents, and we'll get uh-huh. into that later when we have uh, you know, um, franchise tag talk. Right. Uh, Baltimore sits 29th in Major League Baseball in payroll right now with $45 million on, spent on the roster. This is a team that, again, like he said, maybe overachieved last year. But the real gripe is that they're not capitalizing on that moment. Yeah, I Pro- projected I payroll yeah. is, is set to be somewhere around sixty nine thousand. So is he? Is this throwing your GM under the bus? If you're because you're floating a number out there as the owner, you're saying could it be a hundred million? Yeah, could it be two times, three times what we're currently spending? Could be. No, We're not there yet. This ain't throwing the GM under the bus. This is trying to sell the – this is pretty much an insult to the Baltimore Orioles fans, which they have a smart fan base, by the way. I mean, I don't put them up there with the Cardinals fan base, but they're, they ain't dumb. It's insulting their intelligence. You're, you're trying to take the heat. No, it's not throwing the GM under the bus. It's trying to take the heat off his ass in regards to, like, you're the one that's the owner. You're the one that is not spending a lot of money uh, on players. So, yes, it's, I mean, there's GMs that have to abide by a budget of what their owner wants to spend annually on salaries. The A's, Athletics, the Tampa Bay Rays. I can go down and tell you the ball clubs are not really spending money. The Orioles. Um, you know, Kansas City Royals were there for a minute, but they they splashed some years back, you know, especially prior to that championship run and then afterwards when they won that World Series. But you have your certain owners 
that have to buy by budget because like what we're finding out and I keep preaching this to run three not going to speak too much on hockey because I don't really I don't know the business side of hockey and the history of hockey like that and I'm not going to front like I do even though I can tell you the Boston Bruins and I don't know what the record is but they're on a pace to shatter or get the most wins in a regular season by the way and I would like to know what the record is but that came across my radar I'm like damn the Bruins are balling but I will tell you that, and I've been preaching, out of the three major sports, basketball, NFL, and baseball, the way things are going and the way this country has consumed sports, the way it's part of our life, okay, it's, it's, it's in, it's, for majority, I would say 70% of America is basically enriched in some sport, somewhat, somewhat somebody in a family household. So as much as it's part of our fabric, it is getting and that's a form of entertainment. OK, think about it. a form of entertainment was going to a movies, too. I can remember. When you could go to a movie. For about five twenty five back in my day, you know, a matinee would be like three twenty five. Things went up, cost of making movies went up. Uh, the salaries of actors went up. So ticket prices go up. So my point is, as the demand and the thirst of sports continue to grow in this era from social media, to everything else, if you don't have an owner that has some deep pockets, there's a good chance you're not. You can be competitive, but there's a good chance you're not going to win titles in those three sports I just named. Now, the only one that's bucking that trend a little bit. I would say is Major League Baseball, because if you go look at, you know, like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red, they ain't cashed in in World Series pretty too much yet. I mean, the Astros, I mean, I'm not saying they they Billy Bean baseball. But I mean, my point is spending a lot of money in baseball of late has not resulted into World Series titles. So in a way, they're testing my theory a little bit. But I will tell you, for the majority, for the norm, you've got to have an owner that wants to win more than he's worried about making a profit or bottom line. Because I feel like if you win, you win championships, the money's going to come. The money's going to come with it. So worry about winning the titles and then get money. You know, like DMX told him in belly. Learn how to bag the bag, then get money. The guy that made him strip butt naked. The bottom line is you better have an owner that wants to win. And, pre- and that's the reason why I'm bringing up this topic is because I've been preaching this and I hear an owner that's professional owner of one of our major four sports. And he's trying to sell to the people of Baltimore up in Maryland, up in that area that, hey, man, I'm not in charge of projecting payroll. Yeah, you are, man. You give them a budget every year. Hey, judge is in the judge. Oh, judge. We ain't spending, I ain't spending that kind of money. Keep it going. Go to go to AAA. Find out what we can get in there. My projected payroll. If you had owners and they know they could win titles, they would carry in baseball. They would carry salaries of about 80 million dollars total. A hundred, hundred twenty max if they could. And like I said, baseball is testing that a little bit. But for the history of it, you got to have money. But it's more than ever now because that's why these teams are costing more money to purchase. Wait till you see how much the commanders are going to be bought for. A team that hasn't sniffed a Super Bowl since Joe Gibbs and John Riggins. 
since Doug Williams. Haven't even played in one. Haven't even played in a conference championship game. And that is going to be the most lucrative team to date sold in the National Football League. It is going to surpass the Denver Broncos ticket. Promise you. Take the over. Because that is still the Washington football team. The command, it's, it's the intellectual property. See, that's a word we learned yesterday when we were talking about the XFL and Rock's hustle. Don't leave out his wife, though. She was in the gym shooting, too. It's part of her as well. But that's what we talk about. But this guy, don't, don't, I mean, come on, man. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. You know? That's all I'm saying. 877-374-7463. Also, keep it moving. Um, definitely, we'll get to college basketball a little bit later. Had some victories. You know, want to definitely talk about Kansas and my thoughts about them. We'll get into that in the second hour. Um, also, let's see, basketball. I do, you know, again, we're going to get to some football. We've got some hires, some coordinators. You know, some of these teams that had vacant coaching jobs are starting to fill out uh, their staff, such as defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators. Definitely want to talk about the uh, Colts OC. This is a guy that basically has an up and down reputation in the NFL. He, he is the definition of showing you Jim Bob Cooter. That just sounds like a football coach. I think I might have a cousin who's somewhere your head, named that. Who's your head coach? Oh, who's coaching special team? Who's your high school coach? Jim Bob Cooter. I got Jim. I got Cooter second period. That sounds like a football. That sounds like a high school football coach or a middle school co- football. Jim Bob Cooter. This guy, look, he's, he's coming from the secondary. Game secondary coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But let me tell you, Ursay continues to prove me right. Go through the breadcrumbs and go see when this guy before him, because remember, he was a hot commodity for one time. Then he was an offensive coordinator. He was offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions back in the Matthew Stafford day. But go look at who was his staff, who was his head coach, Jim Caldwell. Ursay, look, and again, this is the Philly, you know, we understand the head coach got the Philly, but this is another question mark that's really going to have to see, like, this guy, like, he's really been at the peak, and then he's been down at the bottom in his reputation, and and he's trying to rebuild his name, but I'm like, wow, this one was kind of out of left field a little bit. Hit a secondary, that's, that's not even, I won't say that's the bottom of the totem pole, but when you're talking about secondary game coordinator, okay. What do you got? You want to you want to add something? Well, yeah, just that the all reports are Shane Steichen will uh, remain the play caller. Um, so it's not like it's similar to the Caldwell situation. It's not like he's going to be the one calling the plays. And they worked together a couple of years ago when they were on the Eagles together. Well, look, head coach for the offensive coordinator for the Philly. Let's go to Colts. What's my man's name yeah, again? Shane Steichen. Okay, what Steichen's going to learn? Okay, when you were over there with Philly, all you had to worry about is Hurts and that mush play that's about to get banned. I told y'all about this three weeks ago before even went viral. I told y'all three weeks ago. See, that's another thing the new markets are listening. Like, when you listen to this show, there's a lot of stuff that would be projected. The only thing I can't do is project winning Powerball numbers. But when it comes to this football, I've watched it long enough, and I know what's going to be buffoonery and that mush push. And I'm going to tell you who's blowing the whistle. We'll get to that. Steichen, that's all he's had to worry about. He's got to worry about being a leader of 50, 48 to 50 guys. He's got to worry about game management. He's got to worry about clock management. Hackett taught us all that we, we got the blueprint last year in Hackett. 
uh, this guy, Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter, second period. Who do you got for coach? I got Coach Cooter. He's going to have to, like, yes, Steichen's going to probably be designing the offense. It's going to be similar, you know, with the quarterback, whoever they take. But Cooter's going to have to call some plays. Okay? And, and, and like I said, this is just, it's an odd hire to me. It lets me know who's really putting this staff together. And it just lets me know that this team might not be a factor in that division in the South for years to come. And it has nothing to do with bros and Joes. It has to do with CEOs, which is Jim Ursay. 877-374-7463. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. 877-374-7463 is your number. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, if you're looking for the latest new product or you just want to order for same-day delivery, make sure you go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, which is an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys and its official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 877-374-7463. All right, so I do want to talk a little bit because the franchise tag situation is coming down in the next 24 hours or so that teams are going to have to make some decisions. So I do want to talk about that. It opens. Yeah, so you can start placing tags. I think you have until March 6th, I think, is that deadline. So it's well, not like the deadline. To it's do not so. a deadline, but I will tell you, for the most part, the big names, if they're going to be franchised, normally the action starts in the first 24 to 48 hours of free agency. 
I mean, yes, by the time you get to March, if you if you're negotiating with a guy and you can't get a deal done, then it's like you slap the tags. But I'm talking about looking at the ones that if they're going to happen, most likely they're going to happen within the first two or three days of free or being able to franchise tag. But before we get there, I want to go ahead and be able to start a little bit with the NBA. I know they're off till Thursday. Um, there were some things yesterday I didn't get a chance to talk to because we we're heavy in on uh, XFL and the All-Star game. Uh, but a couple other things that's going on. Speaking of LeBron, uh, James and the Lakers, who have made some moves uh, in regards to um, trying to be competitive in the West and have an opportunity uh, to come out of West. It's still, even though I like, I give credit for Palenque not giving up, and I understand that, but it's still a long shot for them. But we'll see. Anytime you got LeBron James, you got a chance, right? Well, after the All-Star game, he made a comment and said that the next upcoming day, like pretty much the second half of the season, he's about to go to some of the most important games of his career. What do you got? No, yeah, I mean, just the the direct quote is, it's 23 of the most important games of my career for a regular season. I'm going to figure out ways to make sure I'm available and on the floor for every single one of these 23 games. Well, that's why I brought – the reason why I'm bringing this up is because what we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. And, I and again, after he broke the record, he basically went ahead and sat for like three games straight. And, and again, they said, hey, ankles, soreness, whatever. Didn't really hear too much about that, but that's why I brought it up. And to hear him say that these are the next important games, that's the reason why my take was what it was a week or two ago. Because I figured, like, the Lakers, even after the moves, they have no margin for error. They really don't. So they don't have the advantage that the Clippers have. They just don't. They, they've got to be healthy, and so does the Clippers, but they've got to be healthy and all hands on deck every night, regular season night, to be able to. Stay around that play-in game or try to hustle your way up at least to the eight, eight spot. I know it's not that many games that represent, uh, that separate, excuse me, a lot of these different teams in the West, but the Lakers have no margin for error. So with him saying that, I will be monitoring on really how many games does he take off unless it's really an obvious injury that he's had to deal with. And I think really that's a message too because some of the greats and coaches do this. Sometimes they talk to their team or their teammates through the media that you've got to send messages. To me, that's a message also to Anthony Davis. Like, look, man, I know every time you went, it was it was funny. Dude. For Reggie Miller, I mean, again, I've always said this. It doesn't come across the same to these guys as it is if radio guy says it, if TV guy says it, hell, even if Stephen A. Smith says it. But when you have one of when you have an all time great such as Reggie Miller, when he says that every time Anthony Davis grimaces, that's three weeks. That, that to me, from Barkley calling street clothes. I mean, again, that's LeBron communicating to. But I will be paying attention in regards to if LeBron feels that, that how many, you know, and look, this is a guy that really, you know, really in the last couple of years, he started to deal with some knickknack injuries. But for the most part of his career, LeBron never took any nights off. You know, so I'm not trying to paint him as this pitch, uh, picture of this player that takes nights off because he doesn't really do that. But that kind of made me feel a certain way after you know, and I understand it's an emotional thing, and it was a, they would have to have some serious discussions up top, like, do we really want to go for this, or do we want to try to get our chances in them sweepstakes? Now, speaking of him, 
LeBron had some advice for him. And I and, I, and the reason why I bring this up, because I think, you know, LeBron, I mean, this guy, Wimbamba. Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. You're going to hear this enough don't by the time it. we get to the spring, Cal. Don't jinx it. You're going to know it. I'll call him Wimby. Wimby's great. Yeah. Okay. Wimby has been probably or is going to end up being one of the probably most hype players coming into the NBA probably since LeBron. Okay. So this is very important to me in regards to when LeBron says these things to him, pretty much gave him advice like, Hey, enjoy it, but understand like the business part of it. Stay, stick to who you are, stay who you are as a player and be prepared to work. Cause what LeBron is telling him, like the business part you're going to find out there's a business side of it that even gets harder. Like LeBron said, he's going through it right now, but it's only going to get harder. And I think that's important for coming from somebody LeBron because there, in my lifetime, there's only been two athletes that I can think of that had more pressure on them coming into their professional sport than anybody else, and that's LeBron James and that's Tiger Woods. Those are the two. There's nobody else that I can think of. It's not if you look in the NFL, it's not even close. Um, you know, I, there was a lot of talk and expectations of Andrew Luck coming out of the draft at Stanford. It's not even on the Richter scale, man, of LeBron and Tiger Woods. Well, yeah. Could Arch Manning be close? No. Because we because like LeBron, like Tiger, he's been televised. Uh, obviously, uh-uh. he's supposed to be this next coming. Uh-uh. You don't think that hit, hit the benchmark is going to be set for him like that? No, it's not. I mean, because the truth of the matter is, Arch is. I mean, I mean, he's going through college. I mean, he has the last name Man- Manning. Yes, since his probably junior year in high school, they've sometimes thrown his highlights here and there on ESPN the Four Letter Network. I doubt it very seriously. Archie Manning is going to have a hundred million from anybody before he throws one pass from an endorsement. Um, we've been talking because of the recruitment process and see, this is the thing until he got to his probably junior year in high school, that's really an ESPN put on some of his high school highlights. That's probably the first time people started saying like, Hey man, Oh, that's Cooper's son. That's Cooper's son. You know, the one that didn't make it, the one that had the, you know, health problems didn't make it. When we talk about Tiger Woods, man, we're talking about since like 10, 11, Going through college, Stanford. when you talk about LeBron, we're talking about middle school. We're talking about being on the cover of SI as the chosen one. No, there's nobody in my time that I can think of. There are athletes coming into a sport. I, I'm not trying to downplay that. Yes. But, but I'll give you another one that's not close. And there was hype about him. Bryce Harper. I mean, the story with him got going basically when his parents made the decision to let him get his GED and drop out which was backlash back then, even though rightfully so, because it's a one in a million shot. But he had some, but not like LeBron and Tiger Woods. So I think for the NBA purpose, Wimby's going, that's great advice. And I think he needs to listen to it because there's one thing about having hype, especially, I mean, the difference of these two, I talk about these two individuals, these two greats, such as LeBron and Tiger, they, they, they're, they're Americans. They did American soul. Wimby's coming from France, France. He's, he's not American born. I mean, that's, first of all, you, you're going to have to get used to the culture 
Okay, I don't know. I don't care how much Tony Parker had told you. I don't care what advice he's given you. Whatever. Okay. One thing, Tony, I hope tell them, especially if he ends up in the 210, hey, leave the women alone for a while. Stay on your grind first. He has to go through it. He has to he has to get adjusted to the NBA lifestyle and the tension that's going to be around him. And to be honest with you, to make it easier for him, there's not a team or an organization that he could land with that would be better than the 210 if you want to stay low pro, if you want to kind of mem- – because even if he ends up – and say the Spurs end up with the one pick and they do decide to go with him, there, I mean, there's still going to be a buzz and an attention and a hype to him. But it's a lot different landing in New York, L.A., hell, even Houston. It's a difference. And only 300-some miles separate here from the 210 in H-Town. San Antonio, they'll keep you in a little, they'll try to keep, for the most part, they'll keep you in a little cocoon. As long as that man is roaming the sidelines and Coach Popovich. 877-374-7463. Also, uh, NBA-wise, Patrick Beverly, you know, he was one of the guys that was traded, bought out. He's coming to terms. Him and his agent have said that the Bulls are the team most likely he's going to sign with. Um, also, the Bulls announced that Ball is out for the rest of the regular season. It's time to start having some convert. Like, I feel like, well, where's his daddy at now? Like, I want to hear from his daddy now. You know, did a hell of a job raising his kids, you know. Because, of course, in our community, we kill most African-American black men that don't raise their kids. You know, so it's never, you know, Ball kind of got obnoxious to me, but he was able to raise his sons and put two sons in the NBA. But this, to me, is starting to get to uh, disturbing territory for Ball. I mean, these, this is really two back-to-back seasons that he's, he's pretty much been out. And, and you, know, th- you know, going from getting out of L.A., where he was drafted, which it was probably too much for him at the time in L.A., even though his dad's, I told you he's going to be a Laker. I told you I predicted it, Skill. The bottom line is, is that going to the Bulls was supposed to be a fresh start and a jump start. It's been tough. And I've told you all already, I don't have any idea, and I don't think they know, speaking of the Bulls and what the hell they're doing. First of all, I think Billy Don is is kind of getting exposed for the most part. I mean, if you don't have two studs like he had in KD and Westbrook at the time, and I like Billy Donovan, you know, last coach to go back-to-back national title in college. So I've got a lot of respect for Billy. But I'm starting to question not only him, but the front office, and this is bad news for them and Ball. I mean, Bulls wasn't really – you know, to me, I'm to the borderline that I think Zach Levine is getting wasted talent in Chicago because they can't put a team around him that fits what he does. You know, um, y'all know how I feel about DeMar. It is what it is. But Levine, Levine's wasting his his time. I mean, DeMar's had his chances. I mean, DeMar's just working on his his legacy and, and getting some more direct deposits. What we think of Lamar or most – what you think of DeMar DeRozan is what you think of him by now. I think Levine is the one that's really suffering by bad moves with Chicago and really being in no man's land. And this is a team that was just damn near in the playoffs a few years ago, not too long ago. And remember, the Bulls went through that horrible drought after MJ in that whole era. They they were down for a minute. I don't know if it was Celtics style, but it was it was it was a minute. 
877-374-7463. Also, keeping it moving in the NBA, um, coming off the All-Star weekend, um, one of the, well, before I get to that, my other point in regards to buyouts and trades, and I talked, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, but I want to rehash because I thought about it even more about the Westbrook situation going to the Clippers. And again, I'm on record, you know, first of all, I'm on record being high on the Clippers this year. Uh, I do think they should have been before the season started. If they're healthy, speaking of Golden State, their biggest threat, the biggest threat in the West to Golden State. I've always, from day one, and I'm looking, I ain't looking at 82, man. I'm talking about when it gets four out of seven and you staying in the same city for two or three nights. And everybody knows, and when you got to really go toe to toe and make adjustments, I think coaching wise and talent wise, Clippers is that, that team. Now, with this move, I was on record yesterday saying this is a gamble. You know, Russell Westbrook is a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the greats to play this game. The problem is, is that he is, it, it's hard to find a place for him to fit the way he plays, the way his game is. I believe he hasn't done a good job of evolving his game after he had that run in OKC of those back-to-back averaging triple doubles. I, I You know, because it's obviously with his shot. And I'm sorry, like, especially if you're really about to and keep in mind, Russ has a lot of things going off the court. He's in the fashion. He goes to fashion weeks, galas, he, he, you know, designing clothes. He got a lot of stuff going on outside of basketball. So what that tells me, too, is that it also lets me know if you're making the type of money that Russ is in the NBA. And even though if you are really in tune to your industry, which is the league, the NBA is Russ's industry that is in. And what does good CEOs and good business people do? They pay attention to their industry and their competitors. If Russ's been paying really attention to his industry in the last six or seven, eight years, he would know that this was going strictly to a guard league and a shooting guard league where you got to shoot. And he, in, in my opinion, not saying Russ doesn't work hard, but he has failed to adapt as a solid mid-range shooter. And, and if you look at his dynamic, the dynamic kind of player he is, and you take those lack of efficiencies, it is hard to find a team from the, uh, the fit. So I believe the Clippers are rolling the dice because I think the way they were constructed, I still don't understand why the John Wall giving up on John Wall or where he wanted out. I still don't understand that because him and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard never had an opportunity to play on the court together. But I still don't understand how, why that didn't work out. But my point is, is that this move by picking up Westbrook, all it's going to do is bring more attention and more eyes to the Clippers and the roster in general. And what I mean by that, if they don't make a deep run, if they don't make a deep run, they're really going to have to ask Steve Ballman, the whole Lawrence Frank, all them guys, they're going to have to ask, what are we doing? Did it work? And what can we get for Paul George? Because I don't believe Kawhi's going anywhere. I don't think you trade him unless he demands a trade. I think if they really have to reconstruct this roster, the most attractive piece that they have that would be tradable would be Paul George. Now, of course, Kawhi would have to side off on that because you don't want to piss him off and Uncle Dennis. So as long as they say, hey, Kawhi, they're looking to make this move, whatever. But I can't. If Kawhi's really about adding more rings than the two he has, He's got to do what's best for the team. But this is a at this point that they're doing this at, 
considering they haven't really got a chance to play 20, 25, 30 games together healthy. This is this could be either. I mean, this I, I'm I'm almost feeling like I felt about the Matt Ryan situation. There's there's no good. There's not going to be any between with this. It's either really going to work and it's really going to give them another a, a depth, more depth. Another guy that's a dog because I still believe Russell Westbrook is a dog in him that can re- rebound, assist, help the second unit, whatever the case may be. It's really going to you know catapult them to really basically be waiting on whether it's Golden State, the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, or this is just going to be like throwing a, I mean, just throwing a stink bomb in the middle of the hallway. I never did that, by the way, but I, it was an era where that was going on at our middle school. It was like, it's like right when those stink bombs, like they were liquid things and you popped them. Oh, my goodness. Then they start threatening to expel people and all that kind of stuff. But it'd be something on the lines of that, just throwing a major stink bomb in the middle of the locker room. And then it's going to make you bring questions in the offseason if you don't make a deep run. And I told you as much I've been with the Clippers and being patient with Paul and really Kawhi with the injuries, this is the year. I, I'm not accepting them to go out by anybody except the Golden State Warriors and the West, that is. Not the finals, but just the West. 877-374-7463. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 